Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, help us to hear you and to know you this day. Amen. When I was about eight years old, my parents took me on a visit to downtown Seattle. We lived about a half hour or so away at the time, and we weren't there to see the Space Needle, unfortunately, or the uh, the pier or Pike Place Market. We were there because my mom had seen in the news that as the winter was getting colder, this is something we can relate to with our recent weather, um, there was a small tent community being set up in Seattle. It was being built underneath an overpass near the kingdom where the Mariners played, if you've ever been to Seattle. Um, I think that kind of dates me a little bit. Mom had gotten together some toiletries and some towels, some clothes and some food. And it was important to my mom at the time that I be a part of this experience. Even though as an eight-year-old, I wasn't super excited to be there. We parked the car, we got what we had uh, gathered, and we walked over to the tents. I remember all this really vividly. This was my first time encountering people who were experiencing homelessness, and I wasn't sure what to make of it. We were invited to sit down and talk to some of the folks who were there, and my mother, noticing one family who had a young child, asked if she should she could give them a toy that she had brought. And we probably spent about a half hour there. I was playing toys. Uh, we were in that cold wet of Seattle. Um, but still, it was a profound moment. And as we got back to the car, and I remember this distinctly, I asked my mom, why are these people living here? And her response was, Michael, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Have you heard that one before? Sometimes bad things happen to good people. We have all sorts of responses like that one to homelessness or to loss or to an illness. Um, we we kind of have these things that we say to people. And we're often comfortable with responses like these because they quickly answer our question, right? They quickly move us on to something a little less uncomfortable. They don't require us to dig deeper. They don't ask us to wrestle with the challenges of our day and the systemic injustices that surround us all. In the gospel reading today, Jesus is asked by a group of his followers to give them an answer to the question about why bad, awful things happen to people. Now, we don't know too much about the events that occurred in the reading. In one example, Galilean pilgrims were on their way to Jerusalem where they died at the hands of Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea. And in another example, a tower in a Jerusalem neighborhood called Siloam falls on a group of people and they are killed. And so we have two examples of really awful things that have happened. In one, we see state-sponsored violence, and in the other, experience a natural disaster. And if these examples aren't real enough for you, sub in any number of tragedies that have happened in our own lives, school shootings, 
racially motivated murder, bombings, the list goes on and on. And we are left with the question, why? And here is Jesus' opportunity. Here is Jesus' chance to say that God's not responsible for what happens to us. God doesn't make these things happen. Wouldn't that have cleared it up? Isn't that what we want? A nice, clear answer to our question? Why, God? Why? Now, I want to stop just for a second and tell you, I really love my mom. (laughs) I know my mom was a good person, a person of faith who loved people, loved me, wanted what is best for me and for those who were a part of her life and for those that she didn't even know. But my mom, like me at times, like all of us probably, saw in this moment of helping someone experiencing homelessness a chance to give from what she has to one who has not. And hey, that is good. No doubt. Charity is important. But what my mom didn't do, and what most of us don't do, if we're honest, is go a little deeper. Why are people experiencing homelessness? Why are people losing their jobs? Or maybe they have a job, but it just can't pay the bills. Why are some dying in this pandemic and others are not? We look at our own lives and the lives of others, and often without really thinking about it, we judge the situation. That seems like a pretty human thing that we do. We set ourselves up also for this us versus them kind of a thing, often without any malice there. We're not trying to hurt anybody. And yet sometimes we might even think, thank God, I'm not like them. So Jesus has a choice to make here. Does he set himself up to be the winner? Hey, just follow me. I'll keep you from what happens to those Galileans. I'll make sure nothing bad happens to you. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say that if you follow him, Everything is going to be okay. Did you notice that? Jesus is keeping it real. Bad things happen to you, to them, to me. And so the question might not be why them, but why not me? What could happen to me? Jesus provides us with an alternative to asking these questions. It's one that reminds us of who we are, uh, reminds us that God hasn't designed life to hurt us. Jesus offers us a, a way of thinking about our common humanity, our common purpose, and this is what Jesus calls repentance. And I can hear the groans now. Repentance. Come on, Pastor Michael, don't get into all that stuff about turning from sin. Isn't that for like Baptists? I'm UCC. Do I really have to go there? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, let's go there. 
Week after week in the congregation, I invite us to repent. Now, repentance is often uh, this sort of shame-filled thing that we experience, right? I've, I've done this bad thing. I, I need to tell God that I'm sorry. Sometimes we're made to feel bad for what we've done, for the uh, for the things that have gone wrong. That's not really the repentance I'm talking about. Let's look beyond what is good and bad and into what Jesus might really be calling us to do. You see, repentance is about turning and looking at something new, a new way of living. In Greek, the word for repentance is metanoia, which means perceiving something beyond our minds. It's a conversion from what was to what will be, what could be. It's going beyond, getting out of our heads, going beyond what's just in our minds, rewiring ourselves for something bold and different and fresh and new. That is what Jesus comes to bring us. And so perhaps repentance looks like letting go of this idea that being good means we're on God's good side and doing something bad means that we're bad ourselves. It means seeing the ways in which we are not us and them, but that we are all interconnected, that our lives are woven into the lives of others. It means getting out of our heads and into our hearts, breaking down barriers and seeking to change the systems that weigh us down, systems that harm ourselves and our neighbors, systems that put one person over and against another, systems that benefit the wealthy or one skin color over another or one sexual orientation over another or one gender identity over another. Jesus says, I've got another way Repent, that is, get out of your heads, turn to something new, turn to the way of living that I am showing you. The way Jesus lives, he shows us there isn't a question of who is better or who is worse or I've done this or I've done that. There is simply again and again this call and this return to God, a call to live in the place where the love of God and the love of neighbor come first. We want our faith to provide explanations. As we've read today, Jesus just doesn't do that. So what might that say to us about our own faith? Might it remind us that faith isn't so much an explanation as much as it is a way of living. This Lent, I invite us, okay, I I challenge us to get out of our heads and get into our hearts. During Lent, we experience Jesus's journey toward Jerusalem, and this is a journey where Jesus knows how it's going to end. And I have to wonder, if, if Jesus was in his mind instead of in his heart, what might have happened? What questions might have kept him from doing the work he knows he must do? And instead, because of who he is, Jesus sets his face 
toward Jerusalem. He makes a choice to choose heart overhead, and he goes knowing he will die and rising again for the sake of us all. Imagine making such a decision in your own life. Imagine making a decision to get out of your head and into your heart in such a way that you no longer ask questions of, am I good enough? Or did I do the right thing? Or uh, if I don't, what will happen to me? No, free yourself. Let yourself be turned to God, to be gathered by God, who gathers us up like a hen gathers her brood. And may we remember that we will all, we will all be gathered. All of us are part of this great movement of the heart. And as we seek God through the love and care of not just ourselves, but others, always others, we can live with changed minds, open hearts, and a love that will never let us go. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Thanks be to God for such a one, for you, for you, for all, and for me. Amen.